T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Saturday underway. NBA All-Star Weekend. And, of course, the Minnesota Wild, a bit of a struggle right now. They get thumped by the Florida Panthers 6-2. to They'll get the Oilers tomorrow. And uh, the game's coming fast and furious for the Wild. And uh, it, it's not been good as of late. We'll get into that a little bit more later on in the program. Um, Vikings have a new head coach. Major League Baseball is still in the lockout. All of those topics later on in the show. Right now we're going to talk golden goal for hockey. First, the women, they're rolling. They close out the regular season with St. Thomas today at Ritter Arena. They are number one, should beat the Tommies today and ahead of the WCHA playoffs. And uh, beyond that, the NCAA tournament. Uh, no problem getting into the NCAA tournament. I visited with Brad Frost last night, and he even referenced last year, and you can tell it still bugs him that they didn't get an invite to the NCAA tournament one year ago. Uh, They took care of business this year, and that will not be an issue here in 2022. Uh, The Golden Gopher men's team playing well. They got a win at Penn State. They'll go for the sweep of the Nittany Lions tonight. Joining us from the rink live, Jess Myers, Jess, good to visit with you. Oh, it's good to talk to you, Steve. It's uh, it's a hockey night here in Hockey Valley, as they've come to call State College, Pennsylvania. You know, Happy Valley is what they call it for football, but uh, but Hockey Valley is what they call it now. About ten years into their run as a Division One hockey program, and a nice addition to the Big Ten in hockey as well. Yeah, no doubt uh, they built uh, Pagula Arena, the Pagula family. I believe they own the Bills, uh, put up the money to get this program rolling. And, Jess, it really is an extraordinary story how quickly they were able to get get a building built and become competitive in the Big Ten. The one thing that they've got going for them here, and if you've never been to Penn State, it's in a very isolated part of the middle of Pennsylvania. Very beautiful out here, mountains and trees and and all of that, Uh, but, but very different than Philadelphia or Pittsburgh or any of those places. But the one thing they've got going, you'd think, well, it's in the middle of nowhere. You're not close to anything. But if you look on a map, State College, Pennsylvania, right in the middle of the state of Pennsylvania, you're a couple hours from Buffalo, you're a couple hours from Pittsburgh, you're a couple hours from Philly, you're a couple hours from D.C., you're a couple hours from New York City. All of those are places where people love hockey, where the NHL has a big presence, and where a lot of kids play hockey. So they've done a nice job of recruiting uh, this region, let's call it, even though you know the town itself is a little isolated. They're within striking distance of a lot of uh, pretty hot hockey areas. 
Minnesota playing well. We talked about the women earlier and the role they got in here uh, after the new year and uh, surged all the way to the number one. They'll close it out. Uh, heavy favorites to beat St. Thomas again today at Ritter Arena. But the men, in their own right, playing very well as, as well at this point. You, you wonder when the improbable stories are going to stop for this Gopher men's team. It's been just crazy, especially in the last six weeks or so. Things seem to be going well. Uh, they lose their goalie. He signs a pro contract, so they have to go with Justin Close, who's never, nobody's really heard of unless you follow the team pretty closely. He'd only played something like six games in his first couple of years here. Uh, he's been fantastic. His numbers have been off the charts. He's been outstanding. So there was no drop-off in goal. Then they lose the three guys to the Olympics, and the thought is, oh, boy, what are you going to do without those three guys in your lineup? All the Gophers did was go out and win five in a row, have their, their season-long winning streak, Last night was the craziest game I think I've seen in a long time. They were already missing two defensemen. One of them was suspended. One of them was at the Olympics. They have to put in a kid named Sam Rossini on defense. Now, Sam Rossini is a familiar name to Gopher fans because he played the previous four years. He graduated last year. Six weeks ago or so, he was working as a fiscal analyst in, in a real job. He said he was skating maybe once or twice a week on an outdoor <laughs> rink just with some buddies of his. He gets a call from Bob Motzko and says, hey, how do you want to come back and, and be a graduate student and maybe play half the year for us? He plays last night at Penn State in a hostile environment, and he gets an assist on the first goal. I mean, you talk about you know, an improbable story there. And, and then tonight, something like, you know, I want to say 72 hours after they played a game in China, they're going to have all three Olympians back in the lineup tonight. So uh, it, it's been just crazy. But it's been a lot of fun. Five wins in a row, and, and they're challenging for a Big Ten title. So a fun gopher hockey story right now. Yeah, and uh, in really good shape to get to the NCAA tournament. We talked about the women as well. They got left out. Brad Frost still bitter about that, or at least to get the sense that he's still not happy about that. They took care of business, no problem, for them getting into the NCAA tournament. And, oh, by the way, the women's frozen four at Penn State this year. But for the men, for for me, the goaltending situation, you lose a great goaltender like they did, that can be the end of the movie. And what Justin Absolutely. Close has done, considering last night, phased 37 shots, stopped all but one. That's incredible on the road. Yeah, and, and he's been fantastic. And for the people who don't know who Justin Close is, number one, he's not a huge guy. He's maybe 5'8". He's kind of a, a normal-sized person. You see these big, hulking 6'6", six, 6'5", six, six, goalies now. He's not one of those guys. So he relies on his ability to get post-to-post, post, and he relies on his positioning. And both of those are fantastic. He came out of Saskatchewan. You know, he's, he's one of those still, still pretty rare gophers to come out of Canada. Um, and people are like, who is this guy? Well, if you follow junior hockey in Saskatchewan, his first year of playing junior hockey, he was the top goalie in that entire league, not just for his team, but the entire league. The next year, his second year of juniors, he was the most valuable player for the entire league. We're talking defensemen, forwards, everybody. He was the best player in that league. He came here to, to the U of M. He got caught in kind of a numbers game because Jack LaFontaine took the position and kind of ran with it and won the, uh, the Richter Award last year, which is the Heisman Trophy for college hockey goalies. Um, so nobody was going to argue with what Jack LaFontaine did. Um, and again, out of nowhere, he decides to sign a pro contract on uh, January 9th, I think it was. And, okay, Justin, it's your turn. And to Bob Bosco's credit, he said, you know, when Jack LaFontaine left, he said, as a coaching staff, we talked about it for maybe two minutes because there was just nothing to discuss. It's like, okay, Justin's the next one in line. It's his job now. Go, go get it. And he has. And 
One thing I'll say about Justin Close, he is tremendously well-liked and well-respected by his teammates. So there was this sense that, yeah, we're making a change in goal, but we're going to rally around this kid because he's been a perfect teammate for two-plus years, and now it's his turn, and we can't wait to see what he can do. Yeah, great story. They'll go for the sweep at Penn State, and it would be huge if they could get it done. But going into the weekend, they'd settled for a split. But now they go into tonight's till playing with house money, so to speak, Jess. Absolutely. And, and the thing that they're up against right now, though, uh, it's down to them and Michigan. One of those two teams is going to win the Big Ten title. Right now they're two points behind Michigan. So they're going to need a little help. The Gophers need to win their three remaining games, and then either Ohio State tonight or Notre Dame next weekend needs to bump off Michigan in one of those games. So, hey, if you're a Gopher fan, you're also a Buckeyes fan tonight. And then you're a fighting Irish fan next weekend. Keep that in mind if, you, if you've got, you know, pom-poms at home or any kind of superstition stuff you do. But uh, that would be a big thing for them to win a Big Ten title, not only because they get to hang a banner, and I know it's a nice uh, fiscal bonus for the coaching staff if they win a Big Ten title, but then they would get a bye week the first week of, uh, of March. They wouldn't have to play that first round of the playoffs. And on this team where you've got guys who are, you know, literally jet-lagged, having come from China just a couple hours ago, I think it would be nice to give them a little extra rest uh, and and an opportunity to kind of get their groove back going into the NCAA tournament. They uh, close it out at 3M Arena at Mary Hoochie next Friday and Saturday night. Border battle against Wisconsin. Then it would be Big Ten tournament, and then ultimately the NCAA tournament. Last time we visited, Jess, they're really in good shape pairwise for getting into the NCAA tournament that uh, barring, you know, getting beat tonight, getting swept by Wisconsin and early exit in the big 10, even then they should still probably get into the NCAA. And that was a big concern a month ago. The second game that Justin close started in goal, they lost three to two to the university of Alaska. Now, Alaska is not having a great year, and those are the kinds of things that the computer rankings look at. You know, how have you done versus good teams? How have you done versus not so good teams? That was a bad loss in terms of computer rankings. So the fact that they've been able to win these last five in a row, and and keep in mind, they won all five of them without those Olympic guys, that's been a huge turnaround for this program, and now they're up to like fifth in the pairwise, so... They're, they're talking about, uh, you know, probably being a number one or number two seed when the, when the seedings finally come out uh, about a month from now and, and in really good shape. And I know, you know, they went in as a number one seed last year. They won their first game against Omaha at the, at the regional out in Colorado. Then they lost to Minnesota State Mankato as, as the Mavericks made their first ever trip to the Frozen Four. And, and you know, you had to be happy for, for Mike Hastings and his Mankato program to get that far. But that really stung Bob Bosco and the Gophers because they really thought they had a team last year that could have won a national championship. And uh, I know there's kind of a sense of unfinished business this year. Yeah, and uh, no no idea where they could end up regional-wise uh, for this. But certainly great news. And as we've outlined all the turno- uh, turnover, particularly with the starting goaltender, the Olympics, all of the things you've outlined for this team to be in position really is a good story on the local sports scene and uh, certainly good to see. And I, I was convinced because it was a struggle early in Bob Monsko's tenure at the U. The, the, there's no doubt about it. The, the, the program was, was struggling. But I was convinced, and I think anybody who's followed college hockey at all knew that he would eventually get it done at Minnesota. And I, I, I think it's pretty clear that he is. You know, funny, it's, Steve, it's funny you mentioned the, the Gopher women's team, and, and I've got to tell a story. Just because coaching transitions are always 
interesting, it seems like. No matter what level they are, no matter you know whether it's a program that's been struggling and brings in a new coach or a program that's been pretty good and brings in a new coach, there's always kind of an interesting element to it. And here's what I think of when you talk about the Gopher women's team and the fact that they went from being ranked number one in the country last season in January to not making the NCAA tournament you know, two months later. And that was a shock to a lot of people. They didn't finish in that final eight. They didn't get to play in the, in the NCAA tournament. Well, over the summer, Joel Johnson, who had been their top assistant coach forever, he, number one, gets the U.S. Olympic job, and he led the team to a silver medal out there in China. And number two, he leads the Gopher program to be the head coach at St. Thomas. Um, so they needed a new coach and they went out and got Natalie Darwitz who had been at Hamlin university had done a fantastic job with the Pipers, but she's obviously a gopher legend. She's an Olympic legend, you know, uh, did everything, won everything you could possibly win on the hockey rink. She came over to be the assistant coach for the gophers. I called her and I interviewed her and you know, you're kind of expecting the feels good to be coming home. You know, those kind of ideas, the, the, you know, feel good, uh, happy. This is a time for uh, you know me to go back to something I'm familiar with. Talking to Natalie Darwitz, I got this attitude that go for women's hockey is not where it needs to be. It is absolutely unacceptable that we're not in the NCAA tournament and things are going to change. And that kind of fiery demeanor really said something to me that it wasn't just let's come in and continue what we've done in the past. It's let's switch this up and let's get, get back to where we need to be. And it's really neat in her first year working with Brad Frost and all the great stuff he's done for this program to see them climb that mountain again so quickly and, you know, go into the NCAA tournament with every intention of winning another national title here. Yeah, and a super busy time in the local hockey scene. Uh, Jess Myers joining us from the rink live. A couple of thoughts, not only with what's going on at the U with the men's and the women's program, but you've got the girls' state hockey tournament starting next Thursday, Wednesday and Thursday, 1 a.m. Wednesday, uh, 2 a.m. Thursday. And then, of course, sections begin for the boys and uh, the countdown to the big boys' tournament at the X in early March. So it, it is a great time to be a hockey fan in these parts. I'll make this plug again. I always tell people this because uh, you get friends of mine from outside Minnesota who say, I've got to come to the Twin Cities sometime. I've got to go to the state hockey tournament. And – the boys' state hockey tournament and the girls' state hockey tournament, for that matter, are two of the great sports spectacles in the country. You know, it's like going to the Masters if you're in Georgia or, you know, going to the Super Bowl or going to the Kentucky Derby. The Minnesota State Tournament is legendary. But I always tell people this. If you want to see probably the most intense hockey you will ever see in your life, don't come to the Minnesota State Tournament. Come here one week earlier and go find about three right. or four or five section final right. games because those are, I think, the greatest, most intense high school sports you will ever see. You know, keep in mind, in a section final, one team is going to go to the state tournament. They're going to live their dream. They're going to do what every kid in Minnesota dreams of doing, and the other team is done. And you know, when it's all on the line like that, man, do you see some great, intense, hard-fought, you know, clean hockey. And, and that, to me, is just the best time of year in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Section finals. We're going to talk to uh, some more coaches later today on the program. On the girls' side that experienced that section final, I was in for Maxie on Friday night, and we visited with Melissa Volk, uh, head coach and number one ranked unbeaten Andover, and the intensity of, of that section final. And uh, the, there's nothing like it. Every coach says the same thing, that, oh, yeah, getting through that section final is the the big deal getting to the state tournament is great obviously but winning that section is is a huge deal well, Jess, good to visit with you as always once again jess myers joining us from the rink live uh thanks as always 
Good to talk to you, Steve. All right, there he is, Jess Myers. The Rink Live, Golden Gold for Men's Hockey and more on this Saturday. Quick break, we'll come back. PGA Tour at Riviera. The Phil Mickelson controversy in that Saudi Super Tour. Um, it's not going well for Phil or the Saudi Super Tour. Uh, the PGA Tour really flexing its muscles as uh, a lot of the young stars say, no way. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that in a moment. Here on News Talk, E3O-WCCO. PGA Tour at Riviera. Final stop at uh, the West Coast. Uh, And then they move to Florida, and they get ready for the players. Then ultimately, uh, the Masters coming up in early April down in Georgia. And Joaquin Neiman right now uh, leading the way at Riviera, just tearing it up. At Riviera Country Club. He's at 19 under par, three clear of Cameron Young. Victor Hovland now, six back at 13 under par and third. Max Homa, Adam Scott, Justin Thomas all at 12. And then you drop off to a group at nine. Maverick McNeely, Mark Leishman, Xander Shoffley in a group at eight under par. Jordan Spieth, part of that group along with Colin Morikawa. And... What's been going on behind the scenes has been a big deal. And there has been talk, and there's been talk for years about a super tour. Greg Norman did it years ago. Phil Mickelson seems to be the latest. Uh, The Saudi royal family has an interest in starting some sort of golf super tour. And they're trying to lure some of the biggest names in golf here in the United States and from around the world to join this tour and kind of break away. And Phil Mickelson has had some comments, did an interview, and the article was just released by Alan Shipnuck of the Fire Pit Collective. Shipnuck's been covering golf for a long, long time, including Sports Illustrated, etc. And really what it talked about is that Phil is unhappy with the financial arrangement between players and the PGA Tour. And I've read a lot about this story in a lot of different perspectives. And then... uh, Ron Syrak, who's covered the game for a long, long time, joined me on Thursday night on Sports to the Max when I was sitting in for Mike, and we talked about it. And he said, if you look at the big picture and how the PGA Tour operates and the money and the benefits to the players and the members of the PGA Tour, it's off the charts. And, and there's been players along the way that have – turned the PGA Tour into what it is today. You think of some of the big names, Arnold Palmer once upon a time, Jack Nicklaus, Tiger Woods. And Tiger Woods probably had as much impact on television ratings and as a result, interest, and as a result, player purse as as anybody. And Tiger Woods has no interest. A lot of the young stars have come out and said they had no interest. It appears that Phil and some unnamed aging stars, or past their prime stars, have said they are willing to potentially join a new Saudi-sponsored super tour. But this thing looks like it's in big trouble already. Because the PGA Tour has the history, has all the great venues we talked about, Riviera. Look at the venues we've seen on the PGA Tour just in the last six weeks, from Hawaii 
and and the two courses they play there in the Tournament of Champions and then the Sony Open in Honolulu. Then they come to the States. Uh, they're in the Palm Springs area. Then they go to Torrey Pines. Then they go up to Pebble Beach and play three different courses while finishing at Pebble Beach. Uh, they ultimately end up in Scottsdale at the TPC of Scottsdale uh, for the WM Open. That's always super popular. And then they go to Riviera to close out the West Coast Swing. I, I don't care what the Saudi Tour, they're not going to be able to mention that. Now, as Rotten Syrak told me on Thursday night, who's covered the game for a long, long time and won journalism awards from the PGA Tour and the LPGA in, in his great career, has said the Saudi Super Tour would have ties to the Asian Tour, and as a result, players in this tour would be able to earn uh, world ranking points and as a result qualify for the majors. That being the Masters, the PGA, the U.S. Open, and the British Open. So these these players would still be able to play on that tour. But what we've heard so far is a lot of the big names, and the biggest of all, Tiger Woods, even though he's recovering from a car accident, we have no idea you know, how he'll recover, if he'll be able to play again on the PGA Tour. That that remains to be seen. But if they're in full support of the PGA Tour, I just don't think Phil and some other aging stars, if they do make the, make the move to a tour like that. Now, on top of it, the PGA Tour has threatened a lifetime ban. You go with the Saudis, you're out. You're not welcome to the PGA Tour ever again. And for some of these aging players, that means PGA champions, the over 50 circuit, and that's a pretty nice annuity uh, for these players as they get uh, later in life. So uh, tough, tough call, but this has happened before. Based on what I've read, based on who I've talked to, I don't think it's ultimately going to happen, but Phil trying to get an upper hand. We'll see. Quick break. We'll have the weather, and then we'll turn our attention to the Vikings again. Matthew Collar will join us from Purple Insider. Uh, Kevin O'Connell is on board. They're filling out the coaching staff. Now big decisions loom. Kirk Cousins and beyond. All of that with Matthew Collar coming up here on News Talk. E3O, WCCO. The Vikings have a coach. Kevin O'Connell meant the media. Filling out to coaching staff now on to the big decisions and to help us sort all of that out. Matthew Collar, Purple Insider, has been good enough to join us on Saturdays uh, throughout uh, the year. Great stuff, Matthew, and uh, appreciate uh, the website, Purple Insider, and all the material there. Uh, Kevin O'Connell's press conference, anything stand out from that get-together with the media? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing that stood out is um, just that this is very different. <laughs> I mean, Mike, Zim- Mike Zimmer's first press conference, to go back and watch it, is, you know, I mean, it's a little more friendly than some of his press conferences when his team was losing. But, you know, Mike Zimmer was always a very straightforward guy, and he was not calculated, and he would just kind of say what he wanted to say. Um, and I think that, you know, Kevin O'Connell was much more deliberate about his really understood that some of the issues like the quarterback um, that his quotes were going to end up any uh, anywhere and everywhere once he said something about Kirk Cousins and it definitely did I mean I saw NFL.com 
boom, right up. Kevin O'Connell says this about Kirk Cousins, but I thought he did a really good job of handling that answer without being committal about Kirk Cousins, but also not sounding like he definitely wants to get rid of Cousins. Um, he said the right things about analytics. He called analytics a weapon. That's something you never would have heard from Mike Zimmer. Uh, I thought he talked smartly about uh, the defense and, and him wanting to build a, a versatile defense with new defensive coordinator Ed Donatell. Um, you know, it just it felt like you kind of have one of those coaches that are a little more modern and a little more better at you know handling the media and understanding that everything they say is going to be news in the NFL world today. Um, and I thought he made a very strong first impression. Yeah, I always felt like when, whenever I attended a media gathering after a Viking game at U.S. Bank Stadium or went out to TCO Performance Center you know, bef- before that, before they moved into those digs and were out at Winter Park, I always seemed to be an annoyance, if you will, that it's part of the job and, I, and, I'll, and I'll do it, but I, I'd rather not. And I, and I think, well, it's not easy or fun, depending on the circumstances, it is part of the job. Oh, yeah. I mean, no question. And, and look, I mean, as a reporter, a lot of times Mike Zimmer was great. I mean, he was always willing to teach football to us, um, you know, especially the beat reporters who got side sessions with him um, on a yeah. weekly basis for a long time before COVID. And, you know, he was very blunt and straightforward, which meant you would get answers to things uh, even if it was not a good idea to answer the question. I mean, so, you know, a good example is what he said about Kellen Mond. It was really inappropriate after that Packers game to say that he didn't, you know, care about Kellen Mond or want to see him, but it certainly told us where he stood. And I, I think that, you know, I, I mean, think about even with Kirk Cousins' vaccination status, about how Mike Zimmer handled that. I think that a Kevin O'Connell type of coach would not uh, be – um, as straightforward about that. And, you know, it, it drove a, a further, you know, rift between Cousins and Zimmer when he made those comments. But from the media perspective, it was like, is gold, right? Like, we know exactly where the head coach yep. stands on this topic. So uh, I will miss that. I think that reading between the lines um, will be fun with Kevin O'Connell. But you really didn't have to do that with Mike Zimmer because he just laid it all out there for you. Yeah, and for Kevin O'Connell, my big takeaway was the fact, and, and you brought it up, Kirk Cousins, a gigantic thing that, that gets all the clicks on, on Twitter or whatever, social media, and you know people are interested, what's his status? And, and I think he handled it well, and, but it stood out to me. He is under contract, and I, I kind of, to paraphrase here, said he's under contract, looks like he's going to be our quarterback, we'll see. That, that's what I took away from his comments. Right, yeah, I think you're exactly right. When someone says he's under contract, that's not exactly <laughs> the same as saying, I like, this guy is my quarterback to the ends of the earth, right? I mean, yep. you know, I was thinking about this myself. Like, what if he had taken over the Los Angeles Chargers and Justin Herbert or something? Like, what would he have said about the quarterback? Would he have said, well, Justin Herbert's under contract? Like, no, he would have said, I cannot <laughs> wait to coach this guy with this, yep. you know, rocket arm who's young – like if there wasn't there wasn't anything that was all in on Kirk Cousins that he said, um, but he also seemed to acknowledge that yeah, there's a realistic possibility he's going to be playing here. But I came away with it thinking that the only two options for Kirk Cousins going forward are he plays out this year under his contract or he's traded, and those are it. That the chances of a contract extension are very low. And you think about this too, 
I mean, if you're Kevin O'Connell, you take over this new job with a roster that needs a lot of work. I mean, do you want to tie yourself to a quarterback who's in his mid-30s who hasn't had any success? And, I mean, that that's probably not something that a head coach wants to do. But also, he can't come out and say that uh, and insult Kirk Cousins because they very well could be working together next year. I just think that like, the time of Kirk Cousins in Minnesota is either coming to an end of the next couple of weeks, months, or in a year from now. But I don't think that it's going to go any longer than that. Another thing I brought up, I was in for Maxi on Thursday and Friday night on Sports to the Max, and I talked about it with Chris Tubbs. And my thought was this. The, the Wilfs moved on from Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer. We all know that story. There, there's, there's a new brain trust, new general manager, new head coach. But, but a huge decision for them was to bring in Kirk Cousins. And yeah. – it's becoming clearer and clearer to me that how do you get rid of those two guys and keep Kirk Cousins? It, it, it's not adding up to me. And, and that pushes me in the direction where the Vikings will have a new starting quarterback this fall. I, I just don't – I know there's a scenario where he stays, but you, you start adding that up. Those three were all tied together, and I don't know how you can move forward with one while getting rid of the other two. Yeah, no, I feel the exact same way. I mean, what it really comes down to is what is the league willing to offer for Kirk Cousins in a trade this year? And and I think that O'Connell's comments, I mean, more or less said to me we're open for business uh, in terms of other teams that need quarterbacks, of which there are many, to make phone calls to the Vikings. Uh, If he had said, guys, don't call, put down your cell phones, we're not trading Cousins, that would be much different and – you know, that's why the sort of non-committal word came to mind for me. But if teams call up and say, eh, you know, we'll give you a third-round pick or whatever, I mean, you know, Kwesi Adafo Mensa cannot get crushed in this first trade if that's what he's going to do, right? Um, there's also the option of just kind of hanging around and seeing if another team gets desperate after the draft because they didn't get the guy they wanted or if another team's quarterback gets hurt. Like, you didn't think about when Sam Bradford was traded to the Vikings, Philadelphia was in the same situation. They had drafted uh, a quarterback in Carson Wentz, and they knew that they weren't going forward with Sam Bradford long-term. So they just waited it out and eventually traded him. But the problem with that is Kirk Cousins represents a lot of money on that salary cap, and you can't really work around that very easily if he's taking up $45 million. And the other thing you don't want to do is repeat the mistakes of the previous regime, which was adding void years, extending players, doing everything you can to lower cap hits. Well, eventually that catches up with you. And a good example of that is Anthony Barr, where who this year is not going to be on the Vikings and is going to make $10 million on the Vikings salary cap. Like, that's not what you want. You don't want those dead cap hits. Everybody, not everybody, some people think the cap doesn't exist and you can just do whatever you want. Um, that's not the case. Like you're kicking money down the road, but eventually you have to pay that bill. So I don't think you want to do that with cousins. And I, I struggle to see the point of having him be the bridge quarterback, uh, and drafting someone with him still here. I, I think that you'd rather bring in somebody who, uh, could help your rookie. I don't think that that's what Kirk cousins is going to do. Uh, I think Kirk is very much a sort of to himself kind of guy. That's not going to, take it upon his own shoulders to train the younger player. We saw that with Kellen Mond, that anytime he was asked about Kellen Mond, it was pretty much like, yeah, I'm not really going to worry about that guy. You know what I mean? So 
I think you'd rather have a veteran quarterback who's going to work hand-in-hand with your rookie and just move on from Cousins and, and make sure that you're getting some compensation. Yeah, and you, you brought something up, the quarterback situation. Mike Zimmer, you, you brought it up. Kellen Mond was not impressed, made it crystal clear. Um, Kellen Mond, under contract, will get a look from this new regime and get an opportunity, and why not? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think that pretty much everybody has to be like evaluated, and that's, that's a, an interesting part of this entire thing is like you look at their draft class from last year and almost nobody got a chance, um, which is, which I was never really against. Like I didn't think that someone like Wyatt Davis should play, um, you know, if he wasn't ready to play, but it's just like a, a very um, interesting spot for everyone to be in because they're coming in and looking at all these players who might have potential or might not have potential. And they get to decide what they see and who they want to move on from and, and how they want to look at it. In the past, we kind of had a good idea of what, um, you know, Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman were going to do. And now it's just fresh eyes on everything, which makes every, I guess, every evaluation interesting. Yeah. Uh, that's the big decision. Uh just lay out a quick timeline. How do you see this unfolding in the coming weeks? Because uh, th- there's a lot coming up, and you've mentioned this before with with uh, the combine, free agency, the draft, etc. They're they're going to be busy. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, they have to decide. I mean, first, like on their own free agents, which is usually what happens uh, at the combine, where the team will meet with all the agents, and then they'll decide. Are they given extensions? Are they letting players go? And that kind of thing. Um, you know, I think people made a lot out of Kevin O'Connell name-dropping Anthony Barr. I would not make a lot out of that, but I suppose it is possible that they could extend him rather than having him just have that dead cap. But, um, you know, so they'll, they'll evaluate that first, and then they'll try to figure out what the market is for free agents from other teams. And, you know, you're looking at draft picks at the same time, and then you're talking with all these other teams about possible trades and everything else. So usually like these things tend to come after the combine. Um, last year was kind of weird because there wasn't a combine. It was all just pro days. So there wasn't the same sort of usual timeline, but you know, with someone like cousins, I mean, you probably have to get going on this pretty quick if you're going to do it before free agency, because free agency shows up. It's kind of crazy, right? Like, we're in the off season, and yet it still feels really busy in the NFL, and it will feel that way um, really through the drafts. And, and so they've got to figure out, like, are they trading cousins to create cap space? Are they drafting a quarterback? Um, how are they going to approach the free agent class? Are they going to keep some of their own free agents? I mean, there's, this, there's a lot to do, and it's kind of like, I mean, we're kind of on Kirk watch like every day um, yep. until there's any sort of decision made because last year – I think it was February 18th that Carson Wentz got traded, so it can really happen at any time. All right. Well, always good to visit with you, Matthew. Great work on Purple Insider. Yep. Thanks for having me. All right. There he is, Matthew Collar. Uh, year-round on Purple Insider. Quick break uh, here on News Talk, E3OWCCO. Coming up following the news and weather, we will go outdoors. Steve Carney will join us, stevecarneyoutdoors.com. Then we'll talk Girls High School Hockey, one of the entrants in the uh, 2A tournament, Maple Grove. Head coach Jim Coltis is scheduled to join us 
at about 4.15 today, and we'll talk about their thrilling section final win and uh, set the scene for that uh, state tournament. 1A on Wednesday, 2A on Thursday, and, of course, the championship games one week from today at the Excel Energy Center in St. Paul. Girls Gymnastics meet underway at Roy Wilkins Auditorium, and uh, congrats to Wyzetta, your 2A champion. That was uh, handed out on Friday. Individuals today and tonight. And in 1A, Watertown Mayor Manuel Tonka is your state champion, Mankato West finished second, so congrats to all the competitors. Once again, the individual titles handed out today and tonight over at Roy Wilkins next to the X in St. Paul. As I mentioned, all the news will start at 4. What's going on with Ukraine? A lot of concern there. We'll get the local news headlines as well here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.